That was hands down our most condescending podcast ever, and I love it. <laughs> you are now listening to the Pat's Pulpit Podcast. All right. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Pat's Pulpit Podcast. I am Alex Shane here with Rich Hill on this fine Thursday, breaking down week three of the NFL action. It is Patriots-Jets, the first of their two meetings of the year coming up on Sunday at 1 p.m. There's a lot of games going on, a lot to get to, and I'm not sure exactly how I'm going to get through this podcast with a straight face, Rich Hill. I'm not going <laughs> to lie because this is going to be some BSing at its finest. Oh, you know, it's like whenever Bill Belichick goes to one of those press conferences and some poor person has to ask him, well, what do you think about the Miami Dolphins this week? What do you think about the New York Jets? And he's just like, oh, what do you mean you don't think we can learn anything about watching uh, Ty Montgomery? (laughs) I don't know. I mean, man, there are some good individual players on this Jets team. That's the highest praise I can give them. That is, that's all I have in the tank. The rest of it will be full of snark. Alec, how you doing? I'm doing great, man, except for the fact that I'm starting to realize that back in July, when I thought that Sam Darnold was legit and the Jets had a chance to be decent, uh, I significantly overpaid for Patriots-Jets tickets this Sunday, <laughs> and I get to waste my money watching Tom Brady beat up on Luke Falk. Uh, never thought I'd say that at any point in my life. So I'm out a couple hundred bucks, but whatever. It'll be a good time. I'll get hydrated. Um, it's going to be an interesting game, to say the least. Uh, and speaking of interesting games, there are a couple in week three going around the league. Uh, the one I'm personally most excited about, Rich, uh, is a, another one o'clock game. It is Ravens at Chiefs. Uh, I don't think the Ravens have been tested yet this year. They played the Dolphins, who are terrible. They played the Cardinals, who are not good either. The Chiefs are the second best team in the AFC. And that should be a good one. It's at Arrowhead. Lamar Jackson's getting a good test. Yeah, absolutely. I'm really excited to see whether or not this Ravens team is legitimate or not. Because, they, yeah, as you said, they've coasted against some pretty not great competition. The, the Cardinals gave them a little bit to deal with last week. So if the, if the Ravens are legit, if they put up a fighting chance against this Chiefs team in Arrowhead then I'll give them a lot more legitimacy. I'll be able to treat them a little bit more of like, you know what, they they could actually contend, and they will be a team to watch out for in the postseason. But if the Chiefs come out and just absolutely wipe the floor with this Baltimore Ravens team, then I'm going to be left thinking they're no different from a team like the, the Colts, Chargers, and like the Titans. And that means that there's really only two teams in the AFC, and it's just going to be an inevitable march towards the Patriots playing the Chiefs, and whichever team gets home field advantage will Will probably represent the conference in the Super Bowl. Yeah, wash, rinse, repeat in the AFC, it would appear. Uh, there really isn't anything I'm seeing to challenge either of those two teams just yet. The one team I really thought could give the Chiefs a run for their money this year, they're the same records the Chiefs last year, was the Los Angeles Chargers. They dropped the game to the Lions last week somehow. They only scored 10 points. Might have been a fluke. It was in Detroit. Maybe it was just one of those days. They're hosting the Texans this week. Another interesting matchup. The Texans are a good team. I feel like they've never quite ever put it all together in multiple seasons. 
as a franchise being on the cusp of of doing something but never quite could get it. Chargers the same way. What do you make of this matchup? Yeah, I think this is the competition that could really, I don't know, be a preview of one of the wild card games because I expect the Texans to win the AFC South and I expect the the Chargers to be one of the two wild card teams and it's just a matter of how does the rest of the conference play out. Um, but this is like a solid Texans team. I really like Deshaun Watson. I think that he has a lot of upside and potential, but they are kind of an incomplete team. You know, they, DeAndre Hopkins is one of the best wide receivers in the league, but they're relying on Carlos Hyde and Duke Johnson out of the backfield, which is less than ideal. And since they've traded away Jadavion Clowney, their defense is kind of fine. I don't know. They're not like a great defense by any means. They're, they'll be competitive. And that's kind of the same thing that this Chargers team has. The Chargers always, for whatever reason, deal with so many injuries. They have so many players that they have to place on the injured reserve. Uh, Hunter Henry is out. You know, he's been dealing with his knee injury. They've just been dealing up and down the roster. So pretty standard for them. Phillip Rivers seems to be ageless, uh, but... They've found a solid backfield with Austin Eckler splitting time with Justin Jackson. Keenan Allen is very, very productive. They just need to have a little bit more production from the other players in that offense. They need to have uh, Mike Williams really step up. And if they can do that, they should probably be able to to beat the Texans, especially because uh, the game is at home. But if this if this Chargers team can't beat the the Texans at home, then we have to note that they barely beat an Indianapolis Colts team that was starting Jacoby Brissett as like kind of an emergency in week one. They beat him in overtime. They lost to the Lions. Maybe the Chargers aren't that good. Maybe they're not that good. Anyone else is not that good, Rich. The primetime games this week. Ooh. Listen to this. So we're Thursday, Thursday night, we got Titans-Jaguars, the real <laughs> barn burner. And then the Sunday night game is going to be Rams and Browns. The Rams should destroy the Cleveland Browns, unless the Cleveland Browns are suddenly good, which I don't think they are. And the Monday night game is the Bears and Redskins, two underachieving teams as well. So thank goodness we have this epic, epic matchup of Patriots hosting the New York football Jets to bail us all out of these crappy matchups. <laughs> it's so true. It's so true because, I mean, you go up and down the rest of the, the week. Saints Seahawks might have been intriguing before Drew Brees got injured. It's the same with the Steelers 49ers before Ben Roethlisberger's out for the rest of the year. Falcons and Colts would be a lot of fun if Andrew Luck were playing. Broncos and Packers might be great if the Broncos had a team. So, I mean, <laughs> I would look at the Buffalo Bills hosting the Cincinnati Bengals. That's not going to be a good game. The Cowboys hosting the Dolphins, that's going to be terrible. So, yeah, let's break down Patriots-Jets. The Patriots are 2-0. They are hosting the 0-2 Jets. Let's do matchups. Offensive side of the ball for the Patriots against the New York Jets. Who are you going to be watching out for to have a big game for the Patriots, and who's going to be your X Factor? Who's going to have a big game for the Patriots? Uh, whoever Tom Brady decides is going to have a big game for the Patriots. <laughs> I'm just looking at the Jets' defensive backs. Uh, I like Tremaine Johnson. I, I do enjoy him. He's a little older, but I like him. Uh, I like former Patriot Daryl Roberts. I know you're a big uh, fan of him when he was with the, with the Patriots. But there is not a single defensive back on the New York Jets that isn't in, in a huge disadvantage in one-on-one coverage with Josh Gordon, Antonio Brown, Julian Edelman. And I'll even add Philip Dorsett in there now because he just catches everything Tom Brady throws his way. So if they decide to go 
man-to-man, they're going to get beat. If they decide to go zone, they're going to get beat because Tom Brady owns zone coverages. So it's really just a matter of can the Patriots protect Tom Brady for long enough to get him, let him throw the ball wherever he wants. My X factor is whoever starts at left tackle. <laughs> I have no clue who that's going to be as of right now. I, he might not even be on the roster as far as I know at this moment. But whoever the left tackle is, he's going to have a job to do because they are decent up front on their line. Uh, Leonard Williams is good. Uh, they have a guy named Basham on their team, which is pretty awesome. That's a great name for a defensive lineman. So they're going to be trying to get Tom Brady on his ass. That's just how they roll. And if they, he has longer than a couple seconds, he's going to be fine. So the left tackle is my X factor today. Yeah, I think that's going to be huge because Jets defensive coordinator is Greg Williams, who is a terrible human being. And he is responsible <laughs> uh, in major part for Bounty Gate with the Saints and all of that stuff. And he hasn't really changed his way that much. You know, so they still have Joe Vitt out there. This whole defense is kind of not great from uh, how they approach things. Henry Anderson has already been flagged or at least called out on social media for multiple dirty hits that he had against the Buffalo Bills. Um, and so this is not a, uh, not a, not a team you want to have a weak offensive line with, especially uh, I, I don't think that these players buy into it. Like Leonard Williams seems like, a guy who would not needlessly hurt people, but he, he is a great defensive lineman up front. He does a lot of, of work up there. He's very, very productive. He's joined by Steve McClendon, uh, who's a pretty good nose tackle. Henry Anderson is the, the one you have to be a little bit concerned about. But if the Patriots can handle the interior against the the players on the defensive line for the Jets, specifically Leonard Williams. I mean, if, if I'm pointing out individual players, if they can handle that, I think they'll be fine because, as you mentioned, that Jets secondary is awful. Tremaine Johnson is their big ticket cornerback, and they benched him. They are paying him a lot of money to not play. And then you have Jamal Adams, who is a great, great, great strong safety. He is truly incredible. They benched him for jumping off sides which is the most ridiculous thing you could do as a coach because Jamal Adams is kind of the heart of that defense. And if you upset him, I wouldn't be surprised if he was like, well, I don't want to play for you guys. I'm not going to, I'm going to protect myself and play for some other teams. So you, you have one good player in Jamal Adams and his biggest value for the Jets defense against the Patriots in the past has been how he matches up against Rob Gronkowski. And if you no longer have a Rob Gronkowski and you are not funneling your offense through a tight end, that kind of just neutralizes the, the Jets' best defensive back by just not giving him an interesting assignment. So you have so many wide receivers on the Patriots that could go out there, whether it's Antonio Brown, if he's still playing, uh, Josh Gordon, Julian Edelman, Philip Dorsett. You can throw in Rex Burkhead and James White because they are also very productive out of the backfield. They win Every single matchup, unless you put Jamal Adams on one of the running backs, which, you know what, if I'm the Jets, I might as well do that. I would expect every single Patriots wide receiver to win their matchup against every single Jets cornerback. That is just the way that it works. And so I expect the Patriots to have their way moving the ball down the field. I agree with you. I think the Patriots offensive line is going to be incredibly important. And uh, in order just to give a separate X factor, I think it's going to be important to get the running game going with Sony Michelle, just because I think that, you know, you need to keep the defense honest, not have them just dip their head back and go after Tom Brady. Uh, if, if you're going to have two new offensive tackles out there, 
you can't allow them just to key up on Tom Brady and have them blitz him every single time. And Greg Williams is going to just go after Tom Brady, I'm sure. So you need to have a little bit of a running game to keep the linebackers, the defensive line honest. And that'll open up some things for the play action. That'll open up plays for players like Philip Dorsett at that second level against this weak jet secondary. And so if Michelle can get a convincing game going on the ground, the Patriots will win this in a blowout. I'd like to see Michelle get some more reps. He's came, I think, at 85 yards or so against the Dolphins, uh, which which is good, but it wasn't. Again, it's the Dolphins. Tough to really gauge that too much. The Jets' front is decent. Uh, I'd like to see him become a, a every down back. I really would. I really thought that the 2019 Patriots would run through Sony Michelle as Brady continued to get older, but hasn't been the case so far. However, uh, we may not need to do this at all if the Patriots' defense keeps playing the way they're playing. They've yet to give up a touchdown this season. And they were going up against Sam Darnold until he got mono. And then they were going to be going up against Trevor Simeon until he blew out his ankle. And now they're going up against a six-round pick in 2018 from the Tennessee Titans, who threw his first NFL pass ever this past Monday night against the Cleveland Browns by the name of Luke Falk, F-A-L-K. And I know nothing about this guy other than the fact that he really likes to throw screens behind the line of scrimmage and hope for the best. Um, <laughs> Le'Veon Bell is a very talented running back. I like Robbie Anderson, but if you're the Patriots defense, you've got to be licking your chops right now. Okay, well, I give you one guess. What number in the 2018 NFL draft, what overall pick was Luke Fox selected? Let's see. He was in the sixth round. Um, I'm going to go with my absolute favorite pick ever in any draft. I'm going to go with 199. Oh, yeah. You know, and it's going to be the start of the future for Luke Falk. Uh, he is going to <laughs> just unleash his fury on the way. No, he's, he is a fine, fine young quarterback who completed 80% of his passes that somehow went for 198 yards on, as you said, just dump offs left and right. It's unbelievable. He doesn't throw incomplete passes, but that's because 10 of his targets, 10, half of his completions went to Le'Veon Bell, and an additional three went to Ty Montgomery, who comes out of the backfield. So this is not a deep threat offense if it's going through Luke Falk. And if I'm the Patriots, I'm going to try and force him to win the game by throwing the ball deep. Because, as you said, uh, there's not much to deal with. I, I So... If I'm the Patriots and I'm looking at this Jets offense and saying, okay, Le'Veon Bell is their undeniably best player. He plays like every single snap. He is responsible for roughly half of their offense, for being honest. So if I'm New England, I'm going to say, Patrick Chung, I want you to cover Le'Veon Bell. And we are going to give you a linebacker's help as well. So whichever player on the Patriots five-man front, whether it's Kyle Van Noy on one side or John Simon on the other, whoever is lining up on the edges will make sure that Le'Veon Bell does not get a free release. And then Patrick Chung will cover him to make sure that he's not viable as a receiver. And when you take away that check down, that'll force Luke Falk to throw down the field. And I will take my money on this New England secondary against this Jets receiving corpse every single time. Their best receiver, the definitely Le'Veon Bell's their best player. There's really no debate about that. But the best receiver is Robbie Anderson, who I like. Uh, he was really the only Jet that was productive against the Browns. He had four catches for 81 yards. Uh, could have had a touchdown, but they got broken up at the last minute. If you are 
Gerard Mayo, Bill Belichick, whoever the DC is over there, do you put Stefan Gilmore on Robbie Anderson or do you not waste him on Robbie Anderson and you just kind of let him do whatever? Like, how do you cover Robbie Anderson? What's your, what's your matchup there? Yeah, I was going to say, what else are you going to have Stefan Gilmore do? <laughs> you know, it's like, uh, yeah. I, I mean, Gilmore is best when he's able to study one opposing receiver and just wipe him off the, the field. And if you're not going to give him to Robbie Anderson, you're not really going to give him to anyone else, right? You have Jameson yeah, Crowder. Mary right? Thomas, I don't know. Yeah, right? So Crowder's coming out of the slot. So I would say that that's probably going to be the Jason McCourty or Jonathan Jones role. And that just kind of leaves Stephon Gilmore against uh, against Robbie Anderson. And I would expect that Gilmore could handle him on an island. I would not be shocked by that. I wouldn't expect New England to need to give additional safety help there. But if we're doing the strategy of removing the initial check down to the running back, I would expect the Patriots to play some cover two with both Devin McCourty and Deron Harmon deep to kind of deter the deep throw or kind of take away some of the seam passing lanes and be in position to take advantage of whatever deep throws Luke Falk tries to make if he makes any at all. And if that's the case, I would expect the Patriots to be able to dedicate more of their defensive resources to their defensive front seven, to stopping the run. And I, I mean, honestly, I just don't see any player other than Bell really giving the Patriots defense trouble. Yeah, that's why McCourty's actually my defensive X factor. All right, he's got two picks in two games, and I think they're going to have to take some shots. Uh, they'll, they'll be down a couple of scores. Why the hell not? Let's huck it up there, see what happens, pull a flacco, maybe get a pass interference, something like that. I like McCourty patrolling the backfield and maybe cheating over to one side. With the, if he goes deep for Crowder, get another pick, keep the streak alive. I think McCourty's a big game on Sunday. Oh, I agree with that. And you know what? I totally forgot about this. Jamie Collins. Why not have Jamie Collins out there against Le'Veon Bell? You can give them both Patrick Chung and Jamie Collins. Why not? You know, put the two of them out there. Jamie Collins is going to be my X factor because uh, he's coming off one of the best games I've ever seen from a Patriots linebacker against the Miami Dolphins. He seems to be just thriving in the role that the Patriots have for him. He's extraordinarily productive. I would expect him just to be an absolute pain in the behind for Luke Falk coming off the edge, dropping into coverage, rushing the quarterback, doing every single thing that you might want. And Jamie Collins, if you allow him just to shadow Le'Veon Bell, I might be fine with that, and that can allow Patrick Chung to cover someone else. Uh, not that there's really anyone else that you have to worry about other than tight end Ryan Griffin, <laughs> maybe. But who knows? Why not? If Maybe Patrick Chung can play a little bit deeper, and that'll allow another pass rusher in the defensive front seven or someone to stop the run. Jamie Collins, that's my X factor because he could just erupt at any moment. Love me some JC. Rachel, I feel like I'm picking on a kid that can't defend himself, and I'm feeling dirty. So let's just get to predictions and get this game behind us. Um, unless you got anything else you want to talk about here. Nope, I think predictions are where we should go. All right, great. So we were both kind of off in our predictions for the Dolphins. Uh, I had the Patriots winning 31-17. You had a 28-10. to uh, If you add up the total score of your prediction, you get to 38 points, which is less than the Patriots scored alone. And I get to 48 points. So I'm going to give it to me because I at least <laughs> in the 40s in terms of the prediction uh, based on that. Um, Patriots are currently, uh, as of today, I believe 22.5-point favorites over the Jets. The Cowboys are also 21.5 or 20.5 favorites over the Dolphins. Various 
few times to have two teams in the league been favored by 20 points in the same week. Fun fact, though, every time the Patriots have been favored by 20 points, they have not covered that spread. So mm-hmm. I think it will not I think that will continue this week either through just mercy or maybe they'll try some new things out or maybe they'll finally sit Tom Brady down in the third quarter. I don't know. This is going to get over, be over very, very quickly. I think this is, however, unfortunately, the game where the Patriots defense, no TD streak comes to an end. I think the Jets get a garbage time TD or like a kick return TD, something like that. I think the Patriots win this one 27 to 10. 27 to 10. All right. So, that is interesting. I'm going to go the opposite. I think that the Patriots are going to cover. You know, I think that the Patriots are putting together one of their best seasons ever. I think they are one of the most complete teams ever going against one of the worst teams that we've seen in recent memory. And so some numbers I'm going to throw out here. The Patriots' current point differential through two games is plus 73, meaning that they've scored 73 <laughs> more points than they've allowed. That through That's absurd. Right? That is the third best point differential through two games in NFL history. That is incredible. Uh, if we expand this to three weeks, just for context, the 2007 Patriots through three weeks had a point differential of 79, which means that if the Patriots beat the Jets by more than a touchdown, this current iteration of the New England Patriots will have a better point differential than that legendary 2007 Patriots team. I expect the Patriots to do that. I expect them to do that easily. If the Patriots cover, and if they win by whatever the, the, the spread is, if they win by over 21 points, that means that their point differential will be 94. That would be the second most all-time. The highest all-time is 99 by the 1968 Dallas Cowboys. I'm going to go huge limb here. Patriots will win by 27 and be the first team to have a 100-point differential through the first three games of the season. Not only will they put up 27 points, like you said, they will win by that many. Final score, in my mind, will be something along the lines of 34-6. to 34 to six. Now, does that, that six points come via touchdown, next extra point, or two field goals? Two field goals. So the no TD streak continues, in your opinion? Absolutely. I don't think that this Jets team has enough uh, ability to get into the end zone, and I think that they kind of are enough of a chicken on offense that they'll settle for field goals instead of going for it. I have no problem with that, man. That'd be great. Yeah. So that's my prediction for it. Hopefully I'm right. I would love to see that happen. Either way, I would expect this Patriots team to surpass that 2007 Patriots uh, version. They are the ninth best point differential. Whatever happens, if the Patriots win by a touchdown, we're looking at one of the 10 best teams over three weeks that we've ever seen in NFL history. I would not be shocked by that. This is a great Patriots team against a bad Jets team. Alec, I don't think there's too much more to break down here. Do you have any final thoughts on week three of the NFL season? No, not really. If you're going to, again, I'm going to the game. So if you're going to be there and you're hanging out in section 331 in the nosebleeds, come say hi, because you'll probably be bored watching this one. (laughs) Well, I hope that you have an entertaining time. Stay hydrated. Always. uh, And hopefully you don't fall asleep before halftime. Me too, man. (laughs) Until next time, Alec, you have a good one.